Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Rising sea levels, extreme weather patterns, extinctions of species. Our planet needs protecting. I'm Adam Vaughan, the Environment Editor for The Times, and this is Planet Hope from The Times, in partnership with Rolex and its Perpetual Planet Initiative. In this podcast, we hear from leading experts from around the world who are committed to finding solutions. These explorers, scientists, entrepreneurs and citizens are committed to a common goal, to protect our home, Earth. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Let me take you back to the year 1961 and the start of the swinging 60s. The country was gripped by Beatlemania. I love the Beatles for them and I'll always love them. Even when I'm a 105-year-old grandmother, I love them. And iconic fashions like the miniskirt, which only seemed to get more and more mini. Everybody can wear just the things they want, um, the hemlines they want. It was an era of pushing boundaries and testing new frontiers, The world had just sent the first human into space and homosexuality was legalised in Britain. And it was also the moment when a tiny pill was about to change the way women lived their lives forever. Philip Larkin, he wrote Sexual Intercourse Began in 1963, very famously. What happened in the 60s was amazing, that women stayed longer in education, that women rose up in their careers, and that we had control and we felt safe. The contraceptive pill brought liberation to so many women. They could now delay starting families. They could pursue further education and plan careers. For the first time, they had total control of their fertility. Some called it the most important invention of the 20th century. And everyone wanted in. Until now. Honestly, the pill single-handedly fucked up my late teens and early 20s. I do not recognise that person. And now I've been off the pill for four weeks. I can 100% see the difference. The popularity of the pill is suddenly in decline. And for a growing number of young women... It's not an option they'd consider. So what's changed? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, why Gen Z won't go on the pill. My name is Laura Hackett and I'm the Deputy Literary Editor of The Sunday Times. And Laura, what made you look into the pill? So we were in a meeting at work and we were talking about the pill. And I just said, 
I actually don't think any of my friends are on the pill anymore. Um, they're sort of on a, a combination of either longer term methods or um, reverting back to using condoms or even not using anything at all. And it just feels like people are moving beyond it. And I thought, well, it might just be my friends and I don't want to write a piece just about my friends. So I started speaking to lots of other people as well. And it does seem to be a broader issue and the data backs that up too. And, you know, once I started thinking about that, I had to keep going. And you found more evidence of this by going to that great oracle of all things Gen Z to TikTok. Just describe for us the sort of things you're seeing there right now. So actually, it was first during the pandemic when I think many people, including myself, fell prey to TikTok uh, with little else to do that I saw this meme, this joke of it was in the middle of all the discussion about the vaccine and what's in the vaccine and are there side effects? And it was a huge debate at the time. And this young woman on TikTok who had seen all of these arguments about side effects, did this sort of visual gag where she unfolded the list of side effects that comes along with every packet of the contraceptive pill. And she unfolded it into this huge sort of A2 piece of paper and then lay down on a sofa and used it as a blanket. And of course, that was very funny, but it led to lots of other people sort of either doing the same thing with their own pill or also having sort of very heated discussions about the pill and about the side effects and feeling quite angry about that. If you are a woman and you are on hormonal birth control and you smoke nicotine, whether that be smokes or actual vapes, you are 150% more likely to have a stroke, which is dangerously... And it's really sparked a big conversation on TikTok and beyond among young women about whether they're still happy to put up with the side effects of the pill in order to gain the benefits that it provides. I mean, that is extraordinary, the idea that the list of side effects could basically cover your body. Yes, exactly. It's such a big document when you look at it. And obviously they have to do that because they have to tell you about every possible side effect, of which there are many. It's odd because women have been using the pill for decades and I'm not sure how many have actually gone through that entire leaflet of all the different side effects. I mean, just to get a sense of how totemic the pill became, just take us back to the start. Take us back to... The moment it was introduced, take us back to the swinging 60s. I think many people would say that it was the pill that made the 60s swing because before the pill was introduced, I mean, women have always tried to control their fertility in many different ways. I mean, you look back to sort of ancient Egypt and they they were using honey as a kind of spermicide. And in the 17th century, oh, wow. they were using half a lemon as a sort of quite acidic and stingy, I imagine, diaphragm. Um, so people have always, women have always tried to control their fertility. And before the pill was introduced, there were a variety of methods. I mean, condoms primarily um, when they could be accessed, but also sponges douches, none of which sound very effective, and the pull-out method, of course. But most of these relied upon men to take responsibility for contraception. And women didn't have very much autonomy in that. And that mm. meant that lots of women were getting married young, often because they were pregnant, um, having children very young. They had to cut short their education in many instances, and they couldn't have a career. And 
you sort of think back to it and you imagine how many women must have had sleepless nights almost sort of wishing that their period would arrive and perhaps they might not be pregnant and of course many times they were. And when the pill was introduced, it was in 1961, when it was initially called the Conovid pill, which became available in the UK on the NHS for a cost of 17 shillings a month, 15 shillings of which was paid by the NHS. Now, at that time, in practice, it was really only married women who were getting it from their GP because... It was for each doctor to decide. And you hear these stories of women in the waiting room passing round rings so they could go in and look as if they might be married. But by 1967, it wasn't just your GP, but family planning clinics, which could issue the pill to single women. So that's when we saw real change. So in 1962, about 50,000 women in Britain were on the contraceptive pill. But by 1969, that had shot up to a million women. And just talk us through how that changes everything. It changes the culture, it changes uh, women's working habits. All of that sort of comes from the door being open to women finally being able to control their own fertility. Absolutely. So it meant, for example, that women, many more women could continue on to higher education. It meant that women could form their own careers because they were delaying having children. It meant that there was a rise of two earner households. It changed courting rituals as well because beforehand there'd been a sort of culture of you were in a courtship with someone where you would be sleeping together and there was this unspoken or perhaps spoken agreement that once the woman became pregnant, if she became pregnant, then they would get married. So cohabiting rose. In the early 1960s, it was fewer than one in a hundred couples who were cohabiting. And now it's about one in six. So that's a huge change. And it's much more than there's a narrative of women were allowed to have casual sex, which is obviously true. But it also changed how they saw their entire lives. And Laura, obviously the pill when it came along and, you know, over the next few decades became an enormous phenomenon. Give us a sense of how that's changed and how its popularity has changed in the last few years. Absolutely. So in the last 10 years, really, um, from 2014 onwards, there's been a big drop in prescriptions of the pill. So if we look back in 2014, there were 432,600 prescriptions of the pill. And by 2021, this had dropped to 188,500 prescriptions, which is a decrease of over 56%. Um, now, obviously, that can't show the whole picture. That's sort of that's prescriptions and people might get their contraception from a pharmacy, for instance, which isn't included in those figures. But it definitely points to a huge shift in our thinking around the pill. And you've been talking to some of the women who've been affected by this, some of the women who are turning against the pill. Tell us a bit about some of the people you've spoken to. So I spoke to lots of different young women. One of them, for instance, who is not her real name, but we're going by Astrid. For her, it was hearing even just a rumour on social media that put her off the pill for life. So her story is she'd been on the pill very happily since the age of 17. And then when she was at university... All of her friends all of a sudden decided we're going to get the coil. And unfortunately for her, that coil fitting was the most painful experience of her life. She said it was completely traumatic. And I could hear even when she was talking to me that she was finding it difficult to talk about that experience of getting it fitted. 
like it was so so horrible like I can't really think about it without kind of so having horrible trauma flashbacks I um I basically passed out and I was kept in the medical center where they put it in for a few hours while they kind of kept an eye on me and I could sort of tell from the nurse's reaction that they were like a bit alarmed by how I'd reacted to it. And she said, you know, none of my friends experienced this. They all had positive experiences. And when she got the coil, that actually gave her really heavy periods. She wasn't getting on with it at all, but she felt too scared to get it taken out. And then she was thinking, well, when I work up the courage to get it taken out, I can go back to the pill, which worked really well. But unfortunately, that was around the time the COVID vaccine came out and she said she heard stories on social media about people who were on the pill having a higher risk of blood clots. I thought I would just jump on here and give a little PSA because if you're taking the pill, um, I know they always tell you, yeah, you can get a blood clot from this, but it actually happens and it happened to me. And she said, this is a quote, I haven't really looked into it, but even if it's not true, being a total hypochondriac, I just know that I will never take the pill again. And, you know, I've spoken to doctors, Dr. Sarah Gray, for instance, who's a very experienced GP and women's health specialist. And she said to me, you know, conventional pills, they will make your blood a little bit thicker and a little bit more likely to clot. But the absolute numbers for most people are really quite small. So, for instance, if you have, you know, a 0.1% chance of something and that goes up by another 0.1% chance, Technically, you're doubling your risk, but the risk is still very, very small. It's still tiny. But, you know, if you read a news article or you see a TikTok video or you hear a friend saying the pill doubles your risk of blood clots, that's a very frightening statistic to hear. So when she eventually worked up the courage to get the coil taken out, she's since been using a combination of condoms and the Natural Cycles app. And she said, I don't love it, but I feel resigned to it because she's just too frightened to go to go back in the pill. People have been tracking their cycles for thousands of years. It was known as the rhythm method. It was kind of the only Catholic church approved method of contraception for many years. So it feels quite strange that we're in this age of AI and yet we're turning to what feels like medieval methods. I mean, how, how effective is it? <laughs> well, is that, it that something you can really rely on? Natural Cycles is the world's first certified contraceptive app. So it's this mixture of medieval method with high-tech app. And it was invented by a CERN scientist, Elena Berglund, and it basically identifies your fertile and non-fertile days by tracking your temperature. So it's kind of it sounds very simple. You wake up in the morning, you use a thermometer. If your temperature is spiked, then that means you're ovulating. So it will either come up with a big green circle, which is have as much unprotected sex as you fancy, or a red circle, which is either use condoms or just don't bother at all. Is it 100% accurate? It's not 100% accurate. I I believe, yes, it was approved by the EU in 2017, but it's not recommended by the NHS as a contraceptive method. You described how Astrid had turned to things like the Natural Cycles app and other forms of contraception because she'd heard a rumour and had been so affected by it. What's driving all the others? Is it all, you know, the sort of the things that they're hearing on TikTok or is it is it wellness? From the other the other women you've spoken to, how did they explain what had changed their minds on the pill? I think wellness culture is a big part of it. I also think 
that at the minute we're living in a culture where we track everything about our lives. I mean, we track the number of steps that we take every day. I track how many books I read and I calculate that. We've got people who track their calories, who wear a Fitbit and track their heart rate. So we're in an era, I think, where people want to know more about their bodies. And the idea of being able to track when you're ovulating and to understand your cycle more. Lots of them said to me that, you know, it's great to be able to understand why perhaps I might have a breakout of spots one week or why I might feel a little bit grumpy one week. I, I feel in tune with my body and I can understand that that's attractive to people. I will say that lots of people who have decided to come off the pill are using contraceptive methods of other types. It's not that every single Gen Z woman is using natural cycles, not at all. For instance, Jasmine, who I spoke to, said that when she was on the pill, she had what felt like a breakdown and was crying hourly, feeling completely at loss, like the world was Mm. caving in. And she had tried changing her pill that helped a little bit, but not completely. She's 26, the same age as me. And she spoke to her boyfriend and they agreed, right, we're going to use condoms. And she just said that she felt so much better after going off the pill. She said, I never wake up randomly sad. I do, however, wake up feeling randomly happy. And people being vaguely annoying on trains no longer makes me plot their murder. So that's a positive. I mean, I also for, spoke, for all of us, yes. if we've ever been on a train with Jasmine. Yes. I also spoke to um, a group of students and they're sort of aged 19, 20, 21. And one of them um, said to me, you know, I live in a house with six girls and none of us are on the pill. Most of us none. have male partners. Yes, which to me, that was really shocking because... I remember when I was at university, almost everyone was on the pill and we're all just using condoms. And for that, that seemed, them, that seems to be effective. Now, obviously, all this being said, many, many women are very happy on the pill and it can have lots of benefits beyond just preventing pregnancy. So for many women, it can make their periods more regular, less painful. It can help their skin. There are lots of real benefits to the pill. And as we were discussing earlier, it obviously caused a complete feminist revolution and has changed the way that women have been able to live their lives. So while I'm obviously speaking to lots of women who've decided to move away from it, it should be emphasised at the same time that many women are very happy on the pill and that it's a very effective contraception method for them. Is there any truth to the TikTok videos? And are Gen Z better off without the pill? I spoke to the author of Everything You Need to Know About the Pill But Were Too Afraid to Ask. That's in just a moment. This weekend, if you're a Time subscriber, you can catch the latest episode of Inside the Newsroom, our look at life here at the Times. It's our new behind-the-scenes series on Apple Podcasts, just for subscribers, on the Stories of Our Times feed. If you want to find out more, visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash bonus podcasts. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Kate Muir, and I'm a women's health campaigner. And I've written a book called Everything You Need to Know About the Pill, But We're Too Afraid to Ask. And Kate, what made you write the book? Partly it was that my own daughter had a terrible time when she came back to stay with us in lockdown from university and she got incredibly depressed Um, and she came up into the kitchen and said, you know, I feel I'm just making the room dark when I walk into it. Oh no. And then after a while, her pill ran out and she didn't bother renewing it. And about a month later, she came into the kitchen and she was full of light and joy and happiness literally a changed person and we only realized after a little while that the pill had been completely flattening her mood and increasingly causing depression because nothing else had changed and then she she and I began investigating it and she showed me her tiktok and what women were saying about the pill and wanting to come off it but we also looked into the science And then actually at that point, we did a documentary with Davina McCall on Channel 4 and we did a big survey. And in that survey, it showed that around a third of women said they'd come off the pill or hormonal contraception because of depression or anxiety. In our survey, we found that um, 77% of women suffered side effects on the pill, which is Pretty high, isn't yeah. it? I mean, women are so dissatisfied at the moment and feeling so kind of abandoned that they are not even taking the pill. With any medicine, there's side effects. Even with a simple paracetamol, there will be people who get side effects from it. But it's the important change we need. Before we plough into the science that you found and the investigation that you did, just standing back, remind us what the pill actually is and what it does. I thought the pill was progesterone and oestrogen, but in fact, synthetic progestin and ethanol estradiol. It's not natural hormones, it's synthetic hormones. And it stops ovulation and it makes your cervical mucus a bit thicker. So that stops the sperm getting in. And it also prevents your womb lining thickening and stops an egg implanting if it wanted to. So that's how the combined pill works. The progestin only pill or the mini pill, uh, again, thickens the mucus around the cervix, changes the womb lining. But, you know, we always thought hormones just stopped our ovaries. And I think what we're realising is that there isn't a steel, steel plate in our neck and hormones go up into our heads too. (laughs) Yeah, they affect every part of the body. So just give us a sense of what are some of the side effects that you can get if you're on the pill? When we did this poll uh, of 4,000 women, diverse women, some of whom were non-binary as well, 37% of women were saying they had weight gain on the pill. About a third, again, had 
depression or anxiety or mood swings and 21% had lowered libido, lots had headaches. And we also found that lots of women went on the pill very, very young for acne or for heavy periods. Mm. So we've got this situation where literally 64% of those who go on the pill are at school when they start. And they're making this kind of 10, 20 year commitment to synthetic hormones. And, you know, as a mum, right, I feel kind of guilty that I didn't understand that at the time, you know. But how common are the side effects? You know, because, you know, people do get a list of them. We've seen a lot of this on TikTok with people covering themselves in, yeah. in the long list of side effects. But, you know, what are the chances that you actually will suffer from the side effects? If you take the pill at an early stage in life, the chances of getting blood clots or cancers are incredibly low. It's between five and nine per 10,000 women. And, you know, the progestin-only pill really isn't a risk for blood clots. But I think we haven't paid enough attention and women have been gaslighted about their symptoms. And that's perhaps why they're exaggerating them on TikTok. I mean, on social media at the moment, there are lots of fears about things like brain tumours, cancer, infertility. Mm. From your investigation, I mean, how many of those are genuine worries with the pill and what's the likelihood of people getting them? I do think your brain tumours and your infertility are not significant and so that they don't matter and that, that exaggeration is very, very dangerous. And it's also part of, of a movement among you know younger women who really literally think of TikTok as a consulting room you know, without the white coats and start believing one another. Uh, Because, you know, if you can research the best retinol for your skin and get it right, perhaps you can just research the best contraception and get that right. But nobody really knows the science. And I think that's so important that we raise awareness. And I think what's happened is there's been a huge movement to green sex, which is sort of now natural cycles. Because I yeah. assume this isn't this isn't about fields and <laughs> well, outdoors <laughs> and doing it outside. Who knows? Well, but... There's probably that as well. But um, no, this is green <laughs> sex, and this is like apps like Natural Cycles, which then say, you know, follow us, take your temperature every morning at the same time. Here are the red days. Here are the green days. You'll be safe to have sex on the green days, which is great if you're, you know, someone who's very well organized. But if you're a scatty student or a teenager, you're occasionally hungover, you take your temperature a bit late, you've taken drugs, all these kind of things totally affect your temperature level in the morning. And so what was natural cycles and quite a sensible way of looking at things becomes guesswork. And maybe there's a 10% risk of you getting pregnant, which is quite a lot. But when you see the influencers on TikTok selling it, they'll go, I've been on it for three years. For those of you who don't know, I have been off hormonal birth control for two years now, and I use natural cycles to track my ovulation, track my period, and basically prevent pregnancy. I have the Aura Ring, so natural cycles does connect to my Aura Ring, which is super convenient for taking my temperature every single day to input it into the app to actually track my ovulation. I take my temperature every morning. I've got a white sofa and a beautiful dog. And, you know, you <laughs> just think, oh, yeah, right, you must be, yeah, of course. But I think for for a lot of young women, it's great to know how your body works, but you really need to be sensible, you know. Well, well, Kate, I mean, talk us through this because you know you talked about worrying that you'd you'd encouraged your daughter onto the pill and you weren't sure about mm. how the synthetic hormones would affect her. We know that her generation do seem to be turning off the pill. What 
do they use in that case? The most people who go to their GPs mostly go on the pill. That's the kind of nine out of 10 solution. Yeah. Uh, if people go to sexual health clinics where they can fit coils and they offer more of a, a wider choice, they will sometimes take the implant or the vaginal ring or something else. And the c- demand for coils is growing, both the copper coil, which has no hormones, and the IUS, which is the one that, like the Myrena coil or whatever. And what happened to Molly, my daughter, was that when she came off the pill, she decided eventually to get the coil and there are these new coils which are much smaller so they're easier to fit Mm. and they don't have so much so many hormones in them and really interestingly the smaller coils have a lower risk of depression so we should really be helping young women and you know there's all the question of pain around the coil and confidence in getting it fitted and it's it's a long-term saving for the NHS every time someone gets a coil so you know we're not thinking into the future we're not thinking about younger women we're not giving them all the options they deserve so then they're freaking out on TikTok. Although Kate I suppose you know that moment in the 60s when the pill came along was revolutionary because it gave women control over their bodies. It gave women control over their fertility. This does sound like it's slightly heading in the opposite direction. I do think, you know, what happened in the 60s was amazing, that women stayed longer in education, that women rose up in their careers. And with what's happening in America with the anti-abortion movement, it is incredibly important that we are there backing women and backing them getting on the pill. But I still think that doesn't mean they should not know about the downsides. I mean, when women first went on the pill, it was 10 times the dose we have now. And people were, you know, crashing out all over the place with headaches, strokes, clots. And now we've got a tenth of the hormones they had then, and it is much safer. But I do think we'll be serving these over-the-counter in pharmacies now because doctors don't even have to prescribe them. I don't think that decision should be made in five minutes in a pharmacy in a kind of cupboard in the corner. We should teach this in schools. We should explain to young women what's in the pill and what the alternatives are. And we're just leaving them kind of high and dry because it's about sex. And actually, no, it's about our whole lives and it's about our periods and, you know, it's about our brains and it's really been kind of shelved off in the sex corner. And I think that's so wrong. We, we do want the joy of sex and that's fantastic, but we have to know better. And I think we've got a responsibility to have this conversation. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, the Deputy Literary Editor of The Sunday Times, Laura Hackett, and the author of Everything You Need to Know About the Pill, Kate Muir. When Laura isn't doing a deep dive into the pill or the subculture of TikTok, you can also find her writing about literature, including the best books of 2024, You can read all of her articles at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producers today were Priyanka Deladia and Olivia Case. The executive producers were Kate Ford and Fiona Leach. And sound design was by Tom Birchall. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so do get in touch. You can email us at storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 